0: welcome to coffee and conversations with Chris we're glad you're here here's your host pastor Chris Atkinson good morning and welcome to coffee with Chris my name is Chris Atkinson I'm pastor Vimus Chapel and uh, over the last number of weeks we've been talking about civil disobedience and the church and today we're going to be talking about how to disobey with a clear conscience <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been a very interesting topic as we've been uh, going through all of these uh, different uh, analytical ways to look at this whole thing about civil disobedience in this midst of this culture that we find ourselves living in right now. So uh, as I said, today we're going to cover how to have this clear conscience in this place of civil disobedience. But before I get going there, I want to give a little bit of background information because maybe you haven't caught all the other sessions that I've done and uh, you're like, civil disobedience, what what does that actually have to do with the church and, and, and should we be civilly disobedient? Well, there's a number of places in the scriptures and as Christians we believe in uh, God's word and we use God's word to guide our decision making and all of that. So there's a number of cases in God's word that actually talk about civil disobedience. Um, Some of those I'll highlight, but we started as we were gathering together, talking about the role of the church in society. Obviously, the first uh, primary mandate is to preach the gospel and to disciple believers. And from that, it's actually to get to this place where we're holding government accountable and uh, being faithful to what God calls godly government and to hold people accountable to good leadership. And uh, when there is not good leadership happening, as compared to God's word, the church is actually always to be the kingdom of God in the world, but especially when there's ungodly government. Uh, But that also leads to all kinds of other things, uh, because When godly people are exposing ungodly things, uh, that doesn't always go well for those people. So, some examples that we see in scripture of civil disobedience, we talked about this, but just to recap. uh, The Hebrew midwives during the time that the children of Israel were in Egypt, and the king, who was uh, king of Egypt, which was Pharaoh, he uh, made this decree that all the male children of the Hebrews were to be killed, but the Hebrew midwives disobeyed. Um, and then he made another rule that went all across all of the known nation of Egypt, and Moses's parents disobeyed that too. So um, that's one instance in Scripture. We talk about the wise men in the New Testament uh, with King Herod and the decree that he gave about about wanting to worship Jesus and then the wise men were warmed in, warmed in a dream not to tell Herod this and we also have Daniel uh, in Babylonian captivity time historically and also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So there's a ton of examples, Jesus himself too, in the New Testament. Um, so there's a ton of examples throughout scripture where civil disobedience has played a part and um, In history, we have it around World War II with pacifists and uh, conscientious objectors. Today, we have them in the medical community. We also have them in in areas of clergy where clergy are saying, hey, no, uh, we're not doing that because of a a conscientious objection to uh, those laws that are made. So in the midst of this, as Christians, and, and we're trying to live our lives in the midst of our our culture our world and sometimes our culture is not actually what God actually prescribes in his word and so we just need to know how to navigate through this and hopefully today as we talk about the navigation that needs to happen uh, figuring out you know where do I draw this line and how do I agree or disagree uh, with the government and some of the laws that they put in place as we uh, go through our world so Today we're going to be talking about this whole subject of civil disobedience and a clear conscience. Now, we have been going through this, just talking about this and hopefully trying to understand that we need to have a clear conscience before God at all times as a believer. And uh, if our conscience is convicting us, if our conscience is making us feel guilty, then we need to act on that. So. As we go through a whole bunch of passages today, we've got some parallel texts in the New Testament that really can apply to some of the situations that we find ourselves living in today. And I want to take some time and unpack that. If you've got questions, as always, just stop us, write it down, send an email, whatever whatever works for you, and we'll try and answer those questions. So as we... As I sort of start off, I want to preface this or or context everything because it really is a weighty matter, a matter of huge responsibility to civilly disobey governing authorities. And uh, we are told in Romans chapter 13 that the authority that God has put in place is instituted by God and they actually uh, do not bear the sword in vain, which which actually means that they have this authority to bring punishment to bring the sword and it's not in vain it's not this fruitless thing it's not this frivolous thing it's actually their mandate by god to be able to do that now as long as their rulership is godly and they're seeking god then that's good but if it's not then how they administer that could be wrong so it's a very weighty thing to consider civil disobedience so having said that, how do we get to that point? And uh, so there's a number of things that we need. And the first one we're going to talk about today is this clear conscience. So what is our conscience? Our conscience is this internal regulator, this internal uh, decision-making mechanism that God has placed with the inside of every person, believer or unbeliever. Um, And we, we are able to make decisions with our conscience. And Uh, when our conscience is clear, and we can talk about this over in Timothy, because there's a lot of scriptures in Timothy. Paul writes a lot to Timothy and Titus about their conscience. Um, And let's just uh, go over there. And we can look at uh, 2 Timothy. It's probably the best place to start. 2 Timothy uh, 1-3. So as we as we look at this relationship that Paul has with Timothy, we actually see him, and many times, encouraging Timothy to have this clear conscience. So he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. So here's Paul just using this phrase, clear conscience, Um, as a way that he's actually serving God. I've been serving God with a clear conscience as I remember you. So basically he's saying, I've been praying for you constantly, night and day in my prayers, and I actually say that to you with a clear conscience. Meaning, number one, he's not lying, but also that he doesn't feel guilty about it. He doesn't feel shame about it. He doesn't have sorrow about any of this kind of behavior because that's really... What a clear conscience is and so how does your conscience work and it's very much connected to feelings of guilt when we do something that's wrong and so if we do something and when our conscience goes uh that's that's not a good that just wasn't a good thing to do and you've got this sorrow this uh conscience that's making you feel guilty and maybe re-examine, re-evaluate what you're doing, then that's, that's actually a good sign because that means your conscience is working. But if you make a decision and you do something and your conscience is clear, then you don't have to worry about whether or not you've done something that is wrong because your conscience is clear. Now, there's a danger in our conscience because if we just say, oh, I'm going to let conscience be my guide, you've got to make sure that your conscience is actually in this place of good because the Bible actually talks about uh, other types of conscience that are in the human psyche. And so can we really trust our conscience? And this is where we have to lay ourselves before God and ask this question about our conscience. And so the answer to the question, can I really trust my conscience, is... Yes, as long as it's a good conscience, as opposed to a weak conscience or a wounded conscience or a uh, seared, insensitive conscience or an actual evil conscience. And the Bible talks about all those different types of consciences. So, if we find ourselves not being convicted by our behavior, then we need to ask the question about whether it's insensitive or it's wounded or it's weak. Um, And that really does make us just sort of lay ourselves before God. And if we're in this place where we've got this good conscience, and God is moving on us to behave a certain way, and our conscience is clear, and we're like, you know what, I'm just feeling in my heart, and knowing that this is the right thing to do, and I know that the law says that this is maybe wrong, but I, I just feel in my heart that this is something I need to do, then I need to do that and have that clear conscience. And so when we look back in history, and we look at the scriptures, and we see Moses, uh, the parents of Moses, and they had a clear conscience about not killing their son. And again, it's an ethic of preservation of life. We see the same with the wise men, They had a clear conscience when they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. You know, we see uh, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego having this clear conscience when they're civilly disobeying what the king, the ruler of their time, was commanding them to do. And so this this clear conscience must be in place. It's like sort of like a starting point of being able to do civil disobedience, in this, in this place where we are convinced in our own mind, in our own consciousness, that God has called us to break this law. And so we can talk about more modern examples uh, with, the, with the Nazis in World War II and the killing of the Jews and all of the people that were hiding them and, and all of the lying that took place when the Gestapo would come and try and find Uh, the Jews in these towns and to take them off the concentration camps and there were a number of people that were participating in hiding Jews and some of them risked their lives um, with this ethic of preserving life and lying to the Gestapo and and hiding people and so again, here's this ethic where they were committed with a clear conscience that they needed to do this before God and disobey civil authorities so How do we get to this place and how do we work through all of this stuff to to get here? Well, we we need some wisdom and uh, the book of James, which is an amazing practical book, gives us some real tangible examples of how to do this. So over in James chapter 1, if you've got a Bible, you can turn with me over to James chapter 1. And we're going to look at this passage of scripture that James writes out for us. And again, it's a very practical passage of scripture. And this is when we're thinking about doing this civil disobedience, we just need to sit down and take this matter very seriously and look at some passages. And one of the things that we need is wisdom uh, to make these decisions. So it says in James chapter 1 verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. This person is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So here here we have this situation that in order to get to this place of this clear conscience, we need to actually ask, ask for wisdom from God, how to make these decisions. But also ask from this place of faith, not doubting, and coming to the decision, not doubting, but being convinced in our own minds that this is true, not double-minded, as it says here, where we would be unstable in all our ways. So let me just play this out for you. Now, know, if, if uh, the parents of Moses for example, were double-minded in whether or not they should actually disobey the law of the Pharaoh and kill their son. You know, like that, and I know this is a pretty radical kind of an example, but it just wouldn't work if they were double-minded. If they were going back and forth, should we do this, should we not do this? Should we do do this? Should we not do this? No, they they came to the place where they were not double-minded. They were totally convinced with a clear conscience that this is something that they needed to do. The same with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The same with the white. We have all these examples of these people that were totally convinced. They were not doubting that this was what they should do. Now... It would be wise if we are in a place of doubting that we don't make a decision that we we still wrestle with it. We still work through the process of trying to figure out if this is something that we should do civil disobedience on. And if we are not in that place, then don't act. Be be patient and pray for wisdom and and have this working towards a clear conscience that actually helps in these situations and circumstances. Uh, people who want to follow God. Here's here's another passage, and I think this passage is, is really relevant to our discussion that's happening today, especially around all of the uh, COVID restrictions and everything, because there's a lot in Romans chapter 14 that parallels our current situation that we find ourselves living in today. So in, in Romans 14, it's the passage of Scripture where uh, Paul is writing to the church about how people come to different conclusions about situations. So, I'm going to take the time, we're going to unpack the whole chapter because there's a ton here that we need to know and be aware of uh, as we're anytime thinking or considering civil disobedience. So, Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and this is what he says, verse 1 of chapter 14. It says, as for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him, but not over quarrels, over opinions. So let's just stop there because there's actually a ton of quarreling that's happening even among Christians about an opinion about how to handle all the lockdowns, all right? And we're not to quarrel over opinions. Everybody's allowed to have their opinion. Um, But if this person that we're talking to is weak in the faith, we need to welcome them. So So this is the context that we find ourselves in today where we can get some principles to use, but this is a different situation as an example that Paul uses. He says, One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls. And he will be upheld, for the Lord will be able to make him stand. I'd love to just take this passage and put what we're all facing today in the same context. And and let me just read this with our current modern day situation that we find ourselves in with COVID. One person believes they can do anything during the COVID restrictions, while the weak person thinks they can not do anything. Now, I'm not saying that the weak is implying that they should be doing everything, but I'm just using the language of this passage. It says, let not the one who does anything despise the one who doesn't do anything. Let not the one who stays at home pass judgment on the one who goes about and does anything. You see, that's really easy to do. It's really easy to pass judgment on each other based on what's actually happening. And it's one of the hardest things to not do. And that is to pass judgment. As Paul goes on, in verse 5, let me keep reading. He says, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. See, this is what's been happening in our culture. There's many people who think that we should be defying the lockdowns and just having everything wide open. There's a whole other group of people that think, no, we should be uh, following the rules and doing everything that we can to follow those rules. And these two groups that are in our culture, inside churches and all kinds of places, uh, organizations, and and it doesn't Really matter. This isn't not necessarily a Christian or a believer versus an unbeliever or non-Christian. It's across the board. So what we see here is that people that are convinced in their own mind need to observe the thing that they're committed to, and there's a strong uh, sense of this is actually something. Uh, that honors God when we're in this place it says for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself if we live we live to the Lord and if we die we die to the Lord so then whether we live or whether we die we are the Lord's for to this end Christ died and lived again that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living so why do you pass judgment on your brother or you why do you despise your brother For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it's written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Yes, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So if we're going to be giving an account of ourselves to God, then we must be doing everything with this clear conscience towards God. We must be fully convinced or fully persuaded in our own mind that what we're doing is actually what God has called us to do. And we've come to this conclusion based on wisdom and we're not doubting. We've asked in faith, we've sought the Lord, we've gone to him with a clear conscience to talk to him about this. And we have gotten to this place where we are fully convinced, but yet We're not passing judgment on others that might come to a different conclusion. Now, that doesn't mean that God is different because he's saying one thing to one person and something to something else. Uh, Many people come to conclusions about vegetables differently. Many people come to conclusions about a day differently. Um, Many people have come to conclusions about the coronavirus differently. And we just can't. Pass judgment on one another in those in those places. Now, as we look further than this, we see that it's incredibly important for us, whenever we're talking about civil disobedience, to go to this civil disobedience from a place of faith and. If we're not going to civil disobedience from a place of faith, we're actually going to civil disobedience from a place of rebellion uh, to God and to everything that God has called us to. And that's important for us to recognize, that we we need to bring our faith to bear in these situations where we may, at some point in time, be called to civilly disobey a... Governing authority. And remember, we talked about we can disobey but still be submitted to the authority because we're actually saying, okay, I'm disobeying this, but I am going to submit to the consequences of disobeying. So how do we do this with our faith? Well, let's go over to 1 Timothy and and look in uh, Timothy chapter 1. So first letter to Timothy that Paul writes. And again, in Timothy and Titus, there's a lot of conversation about uh, how Timothy and Titus need to have a clear conscience before God. So, chapter 1, verse 19. So, he's, Paul is talking to Timothy about his call that God has called him. And he says, this charge, verse 18, I, tr- I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. So he's telling him about how he's living his life, how he needs to be faithful in what God has called him to do, and how it's been confirmed through prophecies and things like that. And that he may uh, wage this good warfare, this good uh, struggle in life. And then he says in verse 19, holding faith, And a good conscience. And then he says, by rejecting this, some have made a shipwreck of their faith. So so here, what we see is that there's a, a strong necessity to hold faith and a good conscience together. And when we don't, we actually can suffer the shipwreck of our faith where we're not waging this good warfare. And again, these are all kind of military terms that he's using. Um, And he's joining all of this together so that we are recognizing that faith must be held together with a good conscience. And so we're not doing any civil disobedience from this place of rebellion, but we're actually doing it as a Christian from this place of faith because we believe God has called us to do this because God is the one that we are to obey over and above all things. And, and that's exactly what we see with uh, the, the Hebrew midwives in Egypt, the parents of Moses. It's what we see in the wise men in the New Testament. It's actually what we see in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and Daniel where their faith in God was tied directly together to their good conscience. And this is actually something that we need in our world today. As we find that the world around us is is moving further and further away from a Christian worldview, a Christian set of values, is that we need to combine our faith and a good conscience towards God in the midst of our practical everyday lives. When we don't, we then actually risk, or as Paul says, by rejecting this. So he says, if you just kind of throw this out and you don't use these principles that I'm talking about here, Timothy, then some will make a shipwreck of their faith. And then he goes on to, to name two people that uh, are like that and have done that. So we just we just need so much wisdom when it comes to this. We need to hold uh, our conscience pure before God, where it's it's good, it's clear before God. We need wisdom to not be double-minded, and we have to hold our faith tight to this. And the people that were uh, doing these things in World War Two, where they were disobeying the Nazis in World War Two, they were holding their conscience and their faith. The, the two things were being held together as they went through this. But more than this is that there needs to be in us a commitment to praying for a clear conscience, a good conscience. And when we are in this place where we're like, okay, I know that this is a weighty matter to civil disobey. But I feel called by God that this is something that I need to do. My conscience is clear before God to do this because I'm going to stand before him for this. I'm submitting myself to the governing authorities with the consequences that they could bring because of my civil disobedience. I'm trusting God. I've got faith in God. And I'm living my good conscience in connection to my faith. I've asked God for wisdom for this and I'm totally convinced in my own mind that this is something that I need to do, then I need to be praying, praying about this. So let's go over to Hebrews chapter 13, and uh, we see this other great passage where, again, this is so practical for us uh, to to be living uh, in our day, where we've got some examples of how this actually works out. So I've, I found this kind of interesting because the context of Hebrews 13 is that there's all these practical things. And so the verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. <laughs> for, for they are watching over your souls, as to those who will have to give an account. Uh, every ruler, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, Every ruling institution this applies to. Uh, obey your leaders, submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those two will give account. Justin Trudeau is going to give an account for how he has handled this whole situation. Doug Ford is going to give an account. Every leader around the world, every organization is going to have to give an account to God about how they handled this. goes on to say, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Then he says this, the writer of Hebrews says this as he's writing this to the Hebrews. And he says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. This is what our prayer needs to be. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience. Desiring to act honorably in all things. That's really what the church needs to be doing in this whole area of civil disobedience. We all need to be praying. We all need to be uh, sure that we have this uh, clear or pure conscience and desiring to act honorably in all things. Well, in all things, that means to act honorably towards the civil authorities. To act honorably before God and towards God. To act honorably towards one another where we're not passing judgment on each other because maybe their conscience is telling them something different for whatever reason. You know, this is important for us to realize that this prayer of acting honorably in all things is what actually gives us this clear conscience towards others, towards God, and even towards governing authorities that God has instituted, as we see in Romans 13. So hopefully this gives you some really tangible, practical ways for us to work through the actual civil disobedience when we do need to disobey. Because there are times when we do need to disobey. But we need a framework to actually help us get to this point where we say, okay, this is something that is very clear that I need to do civil disobedience on. And here are all the pieces that God has shown us in his word, the wisdom that we have to work through all of this. And when we get in this place, where we have this clear conscience recognizing that we're going to be held accountable for even these decisions uh, by God, uh, not only the uh, governing authorities. So all of those are weighty matters and we just need to wrestle with all of these things, pray and ask the Lord to actually give us wisdom on this. So hopefully this uh, helps. I would also hope and pray that you myself would never find ourselves in this place where we need to do civil disobedience to governing authorities. Um, because it is a weighty thing. It is a, it is a huge thing, but it's also a very serious and sober thing. Um, and, and I personally believe there will be a time coming when uh, we will need to make these choices. We will need to make these choices where we do need to do civil disobedience to the governing authorities. Just an example of that would be uh, when the antichrist shows on the scene in our world uh, you will be asked and told that you need the mark of the beast and the consequences of disobeying that order will be that you won't be able to buy trade or sell and so there there are things that we need to be committed to in understanding what a clear conscience we need before god and knowing that in that case like okay that's the consequence of not taking the mark of the beast where you can't buy trade or sell then all right well i'm submitting to the consequence and i'm trusting god and i want to try and live honorably uh, before all people in this place so we will as christians at some point be called upon to make these kinds of decisions and hopefully uh, this little teaching that I've been doing over the last uh, few weeks will help prepare you to able, so that you can make these decisions with, uh, with some confidence and uh, be convinced as you search through the scriptures uh, to have this clear conscience when you are actually doing civil disobedience towards governing authorities. So if you've got any questions, just type them in. And uh, if you happen to be listening to this after it's live, uh, send a question to our church and we'd be glad to answer it for you. Well, hopefully this has been helpful uh, for you today as you think through civil disobedience in the church. And uh, hopefully, like I said, you'll never be called upon to make that that the laws and rulers of our land will God be godly. Um, and that uh, we wouldn't have to be challenged in this. Oh, we've got some uh, questions here. Uh, oh, oh, uh, questions or comments, post them here. Yeah, so I can send them the info at pinewhatschapel.com. Well, great to be together. Have a great day. Enjoy the beautiful weather today. Let me pray for all of us that we, uh, we would just be able to have the wisdom to navigate through all of these decision-making. So God, we just thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. I pray today, Lord, that you would just help us know when to civilly disobey governing authorities. And Lord, that we would have your wisdom, that uh, we would have a clear conscience before you, that we would not be double-minded or unstable in all our ways, but that we would uh, seek you and and engage our faith in the midst of this, so that we would have our faith and our conscience working in tandem with each other. And Lord, that uh, also uh, we would be praying uh, for us to be honorable in all things. So Lord, we we just give you praise and thanks for your word that guides us. And I pray, Lord, that we would just conform ourselves to your will. And we pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Man, have a great day. We'll catch you again. We hope you've enjoyed coffee and conversations with Chris. If you'd like to support this program, please visit pinewoodschapel.com/give. See you next time.